Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Everybody, welcome into the Hockey Show podcast. I'm Nick, and I am John. Been doing some wondering this week, Nick, about where you fall on the etiquette of wearing T-shirts to concerts, specifically a T-shirt of a band already performing at the concert. I feel like we might have had this conversation before, or at least I've had it a lot because I don't do it. I don't do it, but. Funny you bring yeah. it up because one of the shows that's part of the Throw Me Podcast Network, which you can follow on Instagram uh, and uh, also on Facebook and all of that good stuff and on, uh, you know, socials. Uh, one of the shows part of the network with us, he, uh, there's a metal show and he actually had a, like, Tombstone Josh talks to some rock stars and some uh, people in bands and stuff and asked that question of uh-huh. where do they stand on that and... I've kind of now taken the approach of, because I used to be the, don't wear the band. You don't wear the band that you see. But since listening to his show, uh, I've taken the approach of, you know what, you do you. It's not my thing. Yeah, kind of kind of a who has energy to get that worked up about it. Kind exactly. Of thing. It's kind of like, um, I saw the conversation coming up online this past week of, uh, and it spawned from football. And I think it was because of the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing of, People getting, somebody got agitated at the whole, uh, and I know you have this feeling, uh, we conversation when talking about our teams. Yes. And I didn't want to get into the whole thing with the guy online, but you and I have had this conversation before where it's just kind of like that thing where it's, it is what it is. Some of us, you know, like I say we, because I have a Panarin jersey. I buy all this merchandise. Like, I know it's a hockey show, but like I'm wearing a Knicks shirt because the NBA Knicks season started tonight. So it's like. Oh man, let's go. You didn't you didn't wear the t-shirt to the podcast. I did not wear the t-shirt to the podcast of the show that we do about a team that we will talk about because they were in a bit of controversy <laughs> uh, this past week. Uh we'll, we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, the 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 reason I bring it up and and I'm with you. I I as I get older, I have less and less yeah. energy for worrying about who's wearing what to a concert that I'm not even going to speak to and stuff like that. Um, But I feel like the argument against it is always that, you know, you're trying a little too hard, you know, you're uh, showing off how long you've been a fan of this band or this artist or something like that. And in hockey, it's almost the opposite effect. And so, so if you'll follow me down this rabbit hole, uh, you know, when we went to Norfolk Admirals games, yeah, you would see 12 different NHL jerseys. And and that was and you know, in a minor league market, that's fine. You know, you're 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 you become best friends if you just find another person that likes yep. the sport. But at, but at the Blue Jackets game last week, I saw somebody of Blue Jackets versus Red Wings, mind you. So plenty of Red Wings, plenty of Blue Jackets. I saw someone wearing an Anders Lee New York Islander jersey, and I'm just like, what the? There, I feel like almost every game I go to, and this isn't exclusive to Columbus, but there is almost always someone that's wearing a jersey to a team of neither one of them is playing. And there, for some of them, I'm like, they're not even playing tonight. Like, what are you? What are, What are you trying to say? I I, do. I I'm with you on that. Okay, so I think that's a whole other thing. 
that one drives me nuts because just just wear a generic shirt or wear a band tee or wear you know some graphic t-shirt there's no reason for you to go to like that would be like me going to washington to see let's say capitals versus the hurricanes and i show up in my mike richter jersey from 94 like why like, yeah like what what what, what flex what, am i making what, are you, what am i doing here like is the flex oh caps I, you uh, you're not gonna probably be a good team for a while now and obi's not looking too good either i like hockey but not yeah yeah i'm i'm better than you, you are know? i like an original six team it didn't take me to the 70s to exist and for some of you yeah i don't have a history of the hartford whalers <laughs> you know like yeah it's a weird it's yeah, a weird like, move like, if it's a hat or something like that, totally acceptable. Like, that's not as big of a deal. That's, you know, indicating you're a hockey fan without being too aggressive about it. But then the other thing that I saw at the Blue Jackets game is I saw somebody in a Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow jersey. And I'm just like, I I, I have an even harder time understanding. I, I don't get that because you're mixing the sports at that point. Again, like, I, I you know, yeah. like, I don't see people showing up to football games and basketball jerseys. Uh, hockey jerseys the baseball games or any of that i don't you don't see that you don't mix the sports come on what are we doing here why are we mixing the sports jerseys yeah. uh now, now what i will see in college sometimes especially later in the season when the weather gets a little bit colder college football games somebody in the hockey jersey of the home team except okay yeah i'll take that because it because it's still the same yeah. team Different sport, but same team. Like you're still supporting it. That I can get. Yeah, there's. But you don't. No, keep going. But but you don't you don't have that in professional sports. Obviously, no, no. Uh, yeah, there's a weird. That's weird. I don't like that either. I you know it's. Yeah, there's something I will say with the Borough one because Columbus, uh, Cincinnati, like that whole thing. You know, I guess yeah. what that is the local team for you all, right? Or would it be the Browns? Yeah, it's. I, I feel like it, I've mostly seen Browns fans, but Browns fans have that special psychosis yeah. where the team is so consistently terrible, but they still show up yeah. for it. So I, I feel like that's more of a seeking a support group than right. anything when I see somebody right. in Browns. Hi, uh, it's but, me. But Please come help me. Like it's like seeing a, it's like seeing somebody <laughs> like me in a Jets jersey. It's like oh, that person needs help. exactly. They exactly. need a friend. Let me go buy them a beer and ask them how they're doing tonight. <laughs> hey, they're sitting up in the nosebleed yeah. section as well. You doing good, buddy? You okay? You okay? You're really high yeah. up tonight. You are right? You doing good wearing that big I, jersey? Uh, <laughs> dude, I worked in an office here once that uh, one Monday – uh, everyone showed up in Browns gear and was like high-fiving each other and talking about Victory Monday and all this sort of stuff. And I asked, not following the NFL that close, I asked them, like, dude, what happened? And they go, well, the Browns didn't lose this week. <laughs> it was their bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely funny. That's movie. 10 out of very, 10. That's pretty good. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> after that, uh, nice, fun side conversation. Tell us what you guys think in uh, the comment section on this link. Where do you stand on all of that? But uh, there's a lot of hockey to talk about from the last week. Uh, let's get into it. We pushed the recording a day because, what, Tuesday, 
October, I should have the date, October 24th, the NHL for the second time ever had 16 games, a 16-game day, uh, and they called it the NHL Frozen Frenzy uh, over on ESPN. So it was 12 straight contests starting on 15-minute intervals beginning at 6.30. Except for one. Except for one, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. but yeah, did you get to watch how much of the Frozen Frenzy did you watch? Did you see any of the ESPN coverage? Because they were doing the triple header that uh, included the undefeated Golden Knights uh, hosting the Flyers, the Bruins, and Chicago. Uh, and they also had the jump over to ESPN2 with Butchagrass and Weeks hosting like a live NFL red zone style with uh, hockey. Yeah, you know, kind of giving you the best moments. Yeah, I, I watched most of that. Okay. Uh, around the third period of the Red Wings game, I kind of said, "All right, I want to see how this turns out." So, I'm come on, I can tell you how it's going to turn out. Alex DeBrink is going to do something really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, and and is somebody going to throw a stick and not get an automatic penalty shot for doing it? Wait, what happened? What yeah. did I miss? <laughs> we'll get okay. to that. Uh, but yeah, so so. I, I watched the red zone style coverage. I had a lot of thoughts and feelings okay. about it. Uh, but the overall thing is I walked away from it with a very warm feeling for it. it it's not perfect, but uh, the first outdoor game wasn't perfect either. So I wouldn't expect anyone to have this mastered the first time they did it. Uh, but I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, and and uh, especially as someone that doesn't have a ton of exposure to John Butchagross too regularly, mm-hmm. uh, it was cool to see him do, uh, you know, like uh, calling some of the games a little bit and just calling out, you know, this guy went to Northeastern, this guy was from Arizona State, like that's I'm I'm sure that could border on Pierre Maguire ish. But we know Butchagross is crazy about hockey, and it was uh, college hockey specifically. But just overall, just a very cool thing to see. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of it. I liked it. I liked that idea that uh, I, 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 I just liked what they were able to do with it. You're right. There's obviously room for improvement. But like, if this is a thing that they're going to kind of do moving forward, like especially ESPN. I love the fact that ESPN dedicated, what, like six and a half hours to hockey like dude we've always been complaining that the league needs exposure the league needs exposure and there's the nhl sticking on one channel three games through the night uh and i got to see most of the first game uh well that was the capitals one. i got to see a little bit of that that game just became a bore really quickly so i moved on to some of the other games going on i found myself watching a lot of kind of doing the jump to oh, what game's close, what game is late, and, you know, like that, typically how I would do it anyway, of like, who's in the third period yeah. right now? So I ended up catching uh, the last, like, five, six minutes of the uh, Islanders Avalanche game, which was really cool. Uh, watched the entire Rangers game, of course, for the most part. Uh, but then I watched, uh, until I passed out on hockey, the Golden Knights-Flyers game, and when I fell asleep, the Flyers were still winning 2-1 to one in that. Uh, just to wake up to find out the Golden Knights remain undefeated and uh, knocked off the Flyers yeah. and are seven and zero. Which oof, I'm Edmonton. Oh God, <laughs> man! Did that go? Uh, I, I know we talked about overreactions last week, but 
the fact that Vegas is 7-0, I think there's room to be like, oh shit right now in Edmonton, especially with an injury uh, to McDavid. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, everyone, including us, was saying the Pacific was basically a two-horse race between the Oilers and the Golden Knights. And as things sit here on uh, Wednesday evening, the Oilers are two points ahead of the San Jose Sharks. Who are off to their worst and- start since, what, 98-99, I believe. They haven't yeah, won they're a game. Five and one. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Team actively so it, If I'm, yeah, it, it's it's get it's not quite time to panic in Edmonton, but especially with the McDavid injury, uh, they're getting pretty yeah. close to that. Uh, but to to attempt to say on topic, yes. attempt be the key word. Uh, yeah, I I felt like there were some hiccups with the Frozen Fury. I, I did like being able to go back. Oh, like this happened in Ottawa, mm-hmm. uh, Buffalo. Oh, now this is going on in Toronto and uh, Washington. Oh, the Dallas-Pittsburgh game just started. We're jumping over here. We're going back to Buffalo, Ottawa. I loved that. I, I will do that every night of the week if given the opportunity. That was awesome i think it needs to be a little tweaked in the sense of uh a couple things they cut to uh the game like too close to something happening so i so like jumping in at one point i think they jumped in like a tenth of a second before jeff skinner gotcha and like and i would just rather get to see like the whole play unfold and everything like that so uh but but uh, the the thing that everyone likes for red zone, I feel like, is they don't tell you anything that's going to happen. And so, obviously, it's just someone's getting really close to the end zone. There's going to be a field goal, a touchdown, or a really big stop. That's a lot easier to predict than it is in hockey. But I felt like they did a really good job of sometimes jumping to starting in someone's zone, and then you just get to see a breakaway and a goal scoring attempt there going the other way rather than oh it's you know happening buffalo has the puck in ottawa's zone buffalo's about to score not all yeah uh so so i liked the way they did yeah i I was gonna ask about that because that's the one difference is you know hockey compared to football i know they're trying to kind of do that like red zone thing but the, the big difference is hockey is very unpredictable as opposed to football is you know, if we have any football fans listening, and if you've ever watched a football game, you know it is very drawn out. Very drawn out. There's 45 seconds between every play. And guess what? Over those 45 seconds, they usually aren't hiking the football until about 10 seconds left on that play clock. So really, you get 35 seconds between it, the whole setup. There's a lot of downtime. So it's easy for them to just be like, oh, hey, you know, the Bengals are in the red zone right now. Cut to the Bengals game and just let this play because, like you said, if it's a first and 10 from like the 18 yard line, I'm watching them and they're either going to, there's three things that happen here. Score, touchdown, field goal, or some type of defensive turnover and stop. You know, like those are the three things that happen there. But I get to watch that play out where in hockey, it's kind of like a, oh shit, Buffalo's got it in the offensive zone. They already got four goals and, you know, Tage Thompson is, carrying the puck cut to the game cut to the game cut to the game ah oh, shit skinner just scored you know like one of those things where you don't know or you get lucky you could put it over there and it's like oh you're you know or it's just passing back and forth <laughs> like you don't know what yeah. you're gonna get because it's not as it's yeah. not as 
it's not as linear of a game as kind of football is, I guess. Kind of a using a big word there for me, yeah. but like and, you know, and using it correctly <laughs> in the way that I'm wanting to make this yeah. uh, this this example. But yeah, like they they are two different. So I was curious how that would play out because it's why I didn't stay there for long because yeah. I was kind of like, eh, with my ADD, I'd rather just jump to a game and kind of focus on one. Yeah, and and when they would jump to a game and there wasn't as much happening, like a. Obviously, they can't control mm-hmm. that. That's not really on them. B, uh, you you know, they did a pretty good job of kind of reading in and being like, and something cool just happened to this other place, so we're going to jump over there. Uh, I, I am curious to see what the players thought of it, because if you had a big game on the Frozen Frenzy night and it was going to be showed all over ESPN, that has to be pretty cool. So I'm curious to know uh, what that is like. For them uh but the 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 other thing that they just won't be able to recreate in red zone is if they cut to showing you a kickoff or a punt i feel like that is a moment that you are like sitting up off of your chair just knowing it's like the yeah. only reason they would show a kickoff or a punt is something yeah, crazy is yeah, about to yeah. happen dude man's uh, about to get like annihilated really... and fumble it into the end zone and you know touchdown or about yeah. to run it a hundred yards untouched <laughs> yeah exactly and, and you can't have that no. with hockey uh now another thing that i appreciated is they didn't shy away from showing a fight good when uh brady kachuk and alex tuck yeah, went at did. it they it, it, it wasn't nbc sports will show like a little bit of it no they showed the whole thing beginning to end and they had john Bouchcross and kevin weeks both watching it and having that just genuine sports reaction as you're watching something and then something bigger happens so you're just like oh oh that, like that that was super cool to watch yeah. as much as i'm not crazy about kevin weeks he was okay yeah I, I would I would maybe mix it up between two duos going forward so it's not just on those people the entire single time. Because uh, because sticking on watching Frozen Frenzy, they had three commercial breaks at two minutes apiece, which feels pretty generous as far as, you know, at some points they're just like, okay, time out, we're going to do yeah. this. And then if something happens during commercial, they'll open with it when yeah. they get back. But a little bit more tape delay, a little bit more variety of the personalities on there. I think they could have something really cool. Yeah, I think this is this is definitely a cool thing. I hope that they do more of this. Now, I, I do want to kind of... You mentioned the players and, and playing on the game. I'm more curious how the players felt of the way that this played out. Because in my head, oh, this is great. We got 16 games on the schedule. But when you look at the way the games were like... 6.30 start in Washington? Like, uh, okay, that's that's not too crazy. But by the time we got to that Vegas game and some of those West Coast games, like, how are the Flyers feeling that they're not having a puck drop until, oh, God, I did the math in my head. It's something like 9 o'clock in Vegas. Like, Oh, wow. I, like, didn't, know, I didn't know they started because Well, when you were, because their game started at, like, 11 or something like that. Like their game started yeah, like uh, like I think puck drop was like eleven or something like that. So if you do that, you know what what is that? That's eight o'clock, right? Okay, so it's eight, eight o'clock. o'clock. Right. Vegas is still Pacific yeah. So time. but yeah. still like an uh, eight o'clock start as opposed to you're accustomed to seven seven thirty. Yeah, I and 
And for some of that, if it's the players are a lot of hockey players and teams in general are so super regimented Mm -hmm. and super built into a schedule, but you know, a lot of times there's matinee games that happen with players. So I feel like tweaking it an hour here or there, probably not that big. Okay. Uh, And then the other thing that I was going to bring up is while this is great. And I know the reaction to the frozen frenzy has been good amongst hockey fans. And it did draw some extra eyes. I saw like awful announcing talking about it today uh, and was very kind of hyped on it uh, early in the day because of how really Honestly, it was a success for ESPN, considering it's hockey. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to point out is that, man, the amount of success it could have been if the NHL didn't do this on opening night of the NBA season, which also happened to fall on the same night of a Game 7 elimination in Major League Baseball in the League Championship Series. Like, Because I'm not going to lie, I stuck with hockey all night, but I was on... Uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> passive aggressive, <'cause... laughs> uh, but I was on there keeping an eye on everything else. I was curious what was happening in the NBA. I was curious really what was happening in the National League Championship Series. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think it could have been a little more successful if the NHL didn't do what the NHL does and go, hey, oh, that's the night the NHL opens? Okay, cool. Hey, there could be a Game 7 in Major League Baseball? All right. Let's do 16 games that night. Well, it- well, and you have to make the schedule months in advance. So I it I feel like that's not something they could have adequately prepared for unless they just if you delayed this a couple weeks, yeah, you maybe could have pulled that off. Uh but I'm I would disagree with you in the sense that I always get really tired of uh of you know, oh, we we can't possibly have a game on the same day as the Super Bowl, uh, which is probably a good business decision. Not a great example on yeah. my part. Like, well, uh, they oh, do we, have games we on can't Super Bowl have Sunday. It's it's always like the Capitals playing it at can't. one o'clock. Yeah, and the Canadian teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, a better example is uh, oh, you you can't have a matinee game during college yeah. football season. You know, it's a, I I like well, the idea what? of just being like. No, we're we're gonna we're gonna roll something out here to kind of try to go head to head with it. Uh, you're probably not gonna win ratings wise, but to at least acknowledge that you know we're not just gonna roll over and let somebody else have this sort of thing. I I like that more than I dislike it. Okay, okay, that's that's not uh, you know, listen. I was just kind of it was just something I was thinking about because I was like, oh man, it just. It felt very, uh, you know, and we'll talk about it later on. The NHL seems to have those moments where it's like, oh, man, you just kind of shot yourself in the foot for no reason. Like, you kind of like, oh, typical NHL, you know, it ends up this really cool thing ends up falling on the same night as opening night and and, and two other sporting events that are going to draw eyes away. Yeah, when, when the when the NHL steps on its own shoelaces like that, it's incredibly frustrating. It almost makes you embarrassed to be a fan. It of does, that, really. It does. But but overall, I say great job. Uh, I can't remember if they have another one of these lined up for the year. I don't think they're doing another sixteen game slate. I think something they're they're doing another one, but it's not until like February. Okay, that something. might be the one I was. Yeah. Th- that might be like a weekend one, right? Like a Saturday or something. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to double. It could check. align with but like yeah. hockey uh 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 
uh, Hockey Day in America. Hockey Day yeah, in America. Yeah, thank you. I, I almost said Hockey Night in Canada, and I was sick. like, they would not line that up with Hockey Night in Canada. No, nothing needs to line up with that. <laughs> they don't need to get everybody excited. No offense, Canadian fans. Like, it's... The, 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 yeah. the sport is loved in Canada. It's trying to grow it in America and elsewhere that they always are looking. I got... I got super frustrated listening to Canadian media types complaining that they couldn't watch this. Oh, hey, yeah. That's not ESPN's fault. Like, someone else has the rights in Canada. Yeah. And B, like, shut up, dude. Like, let us have something, yeah. okay? Like, not everything has to be for you. Yeah. Seventy oh, percent of the NHL fan base in Canada. I don't. Well, care. but this is how it ends up evening out eventually. This is how you gain fans mm-hmm. of a sport that you love like i yeah that's that's a little frustrating but at the end of the day um this is a positive for the nhl and they needed a few positives this is a good moment for them and i like this and i hope we do get more like it's upsetting if it's only one more time because i do i love the idea that every team plays and and i love the idea of you know, every 15 minutes a game starts because it was great. Like even when the Rangers were playing, it was great to go watch. Like that's how I watched the end of the uh, Islanders avalanche game. Rangers games went to intermission. And and I was like, Holy crap, this game's in the third period. And let me turn it on. And like the abs just had taken the lead, not long prior. So it became that. And that was an exciting finish. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. It was, it was a great finish to a game. Um, so yeah, I, I want I want more of that. And even if they don't do the sixteen game uh sixteen game days, like I just wish that they would at least maybe think about doing those six thirty starts. I know in major league baseball, uh some teams do the six thirty five starts, six thirty starts. Like Florida does it. I think Cincinnati does it. I believe Cincinnati does it a few yeah, times. They, like uh They they definitely do, but there was already complaints about uh places where fans couldn't get to games in time and stuff like that and, and the reason they so do that I is don't for know. the kids to be able to get to the games and and get home in time to go to school the next day and everybody to get to work the next day yeah yeah so i i don't know earlier starts later starts uh you saw what happened in columbus right oh no columbus unfortunately Col- uh, is a little Col- off my radar <laughs> outside <laughs> of you uh, <laughs> Uh, Columbus Anaheim uh, was supposed to be one of those 630 games, but got delayed because there was a power outage at the arena. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Well, that seems to be a thing, I guess, this past week with. uh... (laughs) Again, not not the ESPN, not ESPN's fault, not the NHL's fault, not even the Blue Jackets fault. But it's something that's like, yeah, it would happen to Blue Jackets, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Big national attention media night, and they just have to keep saying, "Yeah, and this one's yeah. not starting for two yeah. hours." And then, like, and I then was... that's where the Canadian fans are like, "Put the team in a place that has like five thousand people." Yeah, Winnipeg's doing great. This yep, year. yep, <laughs> yep. So, oh, that's that's well interesting. You bring up the uh, Blue Jackets thing because that kind of leads into, I guess, the next segment, uh, the next topic of conversation. Uh, that wasn't the only lighting issue I guess we had this past week. There's a, an issue in Seattle. Um, and it became very apparent. This became a huge story, I guess, after uh, Seattle Kraken and the New York Rangers played. I believe it was Saturday night. And I, I, I guess the game almost got postponed because the lighting was just piss poor in Seattle. 
at Climate Pledge Arena. And both yeah, teams so- decided to play. Rangers won. There's some great quotes after the game that I know you have pulled up. But uh, give your thoughts about this. Seattle's lighting issue. Yeah, uh, I think the joke, what was it, that Jonathan Quick made was said, well, it's Climate yeah. Pledge Arena. I just assumed they were doing something, uh, you know, friendly yeah. for the environment. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, like stuff like this happens. Like I remember a Red Wings-Panthers game where uh, they had to replace the glass and they couldn't remove like the uh, like cardboard that it was wrapped in. So they just had this, all this, you know, perfectly clear glass and then this open opaque blob <laughs> right behind the goalie like stuff like that yeah. happens from time to time but like it's it doesn't happen very often like there's been power outages of canceled games of recent memory uh well i really like like in the 70s they talked about like a bruins game where like there was all this condensation and yep. fog on the ice so that made it harder yeah to see. yeah that's right that would be extremely i remember cool. reading about that i didn't know about that but uh it was down go brown uh his uh McAdoo's book it was in there. That's where. Yeah. I, that's right. That's where I learned that the the crazy history. Yeah, the fog game that they played through. So yeah, I'm not shocked that they played yeah. through a little bit of bad lighting. Uh, one of the other quotes I saw after the game because Panarin had two goals and he joked that he liked the lighting uh, being darker because it makes it harder for the goalie to see and makes it possible for him to have two goals, <laughs> which I thought was pretty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty on par because you know with that in his broken Russian American as well so yeah. it was very like oh that's a great quote like i russian players have some pretty good quotes i remember the ob one that i uh i shared it was yeah, suck. <laughs> it was suck <laughs> missing the playoffs it was suck what <laughs> it doesn't even make sense like you've been in america how long dude you've played here for how long you know that's not how that's said <laughs> oh, and, and after they eliminated the penguins uh the year they won the cup he said we're not going to be effing suck yeah. this year or something like that. It's just like, you you guys keep yeah, doing keep it. doing you, man. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if they're going to fix the lighting issue. I don't know if there's been any other complaints in Seattle since then, but... I haven't I haven't seen or heard anything. I would imagine it was a one-time yeah. thing. But yeah, it's probably yeah. fine. Not the worst thing for the environment either. No, so. no, no. But uh, yeah, so that happened. Uh, and that was a really funny kind of... Just because of the comments and the quotes that came out of it. That was really kind of the best part of that whole story. Um, Moving on, you want to jump into some of the injuries and some of the other uh, heavy-hitting news really quickly? Uh, Yeah, do you you want to run us down on the injuries? uh, Yeah, I was going to say, let's start with the one that we already mentioned, and let's just go to Edmonton first, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump around on some of the more... Yeah. Then we'll do the more recent kind of ones down. But we had already brought up Connor McDavid... Uh, expected to miss one to two weeks with an upper body injury that happened Saturday in the three, two overtime loss to the Winnipeg jets. Um, not good. Not, not good. Like not, not good for Edmonton yeah, right now. For Edmonton who hasn't necessarily played, mm-hmm. you know, super elite teams just yet uh, has been off to just a huge, huge struggle of a start here lately. And, uh, like I think I've read somewhere that like one when McDavid's scheduled to be back, they have to play at like a one hundred and five point mm-hmm. pace to be a ninety point team this year. Like this, this is not what anyone was hoping for in Edmonton. And issue as it is many years for them seems like they just can't get a save. Mm-hmm. So taking McDavid out 
not going to make that problem worse, but makes it a lot harder to outscore your problems like they usually. Yeah, with the you mentioned it with the start that they had, it's it's what I think they're nine points now behind Vegas for first in that division. So that's that's like again, it's early in the season, and they can you know play five hundred without McDavid over the next week or two. But that's not the type of start you want to have. And yeah, when your goalie's not making the saves, and now you lose arguably one of the best players in the game, uh, if not the best player in the world, uh, that's not good. That's that's just going to hurt your team. Yeah. Uh, you, sure, you got Leon Dreisaitl. Sure, you got you know other guys that can score. But McDavid is truly the heart and soul of what makes that team operate. And to ask the other guys to step up when it's been a struggle this year. I mean, McDavid had eight points through the five games. Uh, it's... Yeah, that's not, it's just, I don't want to have that early reaction of like, oh man, oh man, oh man, Edmonton, but I am kind of worried. It's so early, it's so early to do that, but if I had to do that for one team specifically, it would be Edmonton. Yeah, right now it 100% is them, just because of the, the hole that they've put themselves in to start, that it's, it's doable, they could easily play at a 100 point pace when he comes back, they've done it. It's very easy for them to yeah. do, but you don't want to start off this cold and, you know, be only two points ahead of the San Jose Sharks who are literally like, just, I don't want to say they're tanking. Cause there's not like a unanimous, this guy's going to be a game changer, like Connor Bedard type player, or right after him, there's an Adam Fintelli or something like that, who we should do that. Like maybe next week, kind of start doing a breakdown of the. Those rookies of of what? Yeah, to come. those rookies. Of I would I would be glad to do that because I have enjoyed getting the chance to see Bedard and Fantilli play, uh, and uh, I try to watch some Ducks games. I should have checked out some of that Columbus Ducks game because uh, uh, Carlson as well. Carlson. Wasn't oh, playing. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I was like, he's not on but my injured he, list. He's a- he's. <laughs> Yeah, like he he's had a couple Notes. games this year already. He just hasn't gotten all, uh just he's ha- he's had a few games that he played. I'm pretty sure he already scored his yeah. first goal, but he's like been scratched at, at least I, twice so far. I think he year. was the first one out of the three to score. I yeah, know. yeah, but that yeah, that I think might it was be him. Tra- then I think uh, it was but, Bedard, and then I think it was Fantilli finally. Yeah, but either way, um, the, the, like I would love to do the rookie breakdown. But all right, moving on with the injuries. Uh, after we agree, Connor McDavid being hurt sucks and hurts Edmonton. Uh, one that I think really hurts the Hurricanes defenseman Brett. Uh, uh, oh fuck! I always screw up his name. Pesci, Pesci. Thank you. Even though I know Joe Pesci, uh, and that's how I always remember his <laughs> name. Well, yeah, well, Pesci, Pesci. But he's going to be out long-term, a lower body injury. Brenda Moore confirmed the news on uh, Wednesday, today, the day of our recording. <laughs> um, he missed the Hurricanes' last two games already versus the Avalanche, a 6-4 loss, and then against Tampa, which was a 3-0 loss. He's 28. He's got one goal, one assist through five games. Uh, Hurricanes are 3-4 and four to start the year. But to me, this is a blow because they just lost one of their top four defensemen along with Brady Shea. Uh, Slavin and Brett Burns, and sure, they've got Olaf there, and he's capable of stepping up, but then that leaves your third defenseman pairing as uh, Tony D'Angelo, and I forgot who the other guy is, which means that 
their time is going to kind of be cut down. So you're going to be leaning more on guys like, you know, Orloff being in your top four. And considering as well, I don't know if you know this, I'm sure you do because you got notes, but the Hurricanes have also uh, been allowing more goals than expected this year. Uh, the Hurricanes have allowed more goals than the yeah. Oilers, who we just finished talking yeah. about. And, and that was very surprising. And, and a lot of it has been at five at f- five on five as well. Uh, Carolina's conceded 4.49 goals per 60 minutes in all situations. Highest in the league. So if you're losing one of your top four defensemen, yeah, you've got depth on the blue line, but that to me is probably your best defenseman and you just lost it. Yeah, and and part of what's, I think a part of what's made Carolina struggle, uh, granted struggle's a loose term, they got to the conference finals this way, uh, is Svechnikov is so mm-hmm. out. So for to already kind of you know be operating on one leg there and then your uh defensemen start going down that's not going to be good no, for you. no uh i do know that uh freddie anderson he's nearing a return for them uh, i think he could play uh in the game against seattle what is that tomorrow night boy they could and use yeah that. they really could use that uh I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not as worried about Carolina as I am with Edmonton, but that's still a big blow for them. Uh, tough situation right now if you're a Hurricanes fan, for sure, because it's not the start to the year that you expected. But again, we're still very early on, so I'm trying not to overreact to certain things where, like, I see the Flyers are in top three and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Carolina, to their credit, is still playing 500-ish yeah. hockey. They're three and four right now. So it's not nearly as much of a panic when you're, you know, already three or four wins behind the teams in your division. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Blackhawks uh, forward Taylor Hall, considered week to week with a left shoulder injury. And yeah, whatever, the Hawks, you know, we know what that team is. We know they're going to, you know, whatever. It's really more a blow to uh, he plays on the first line with Connor Bedard, so Bedard loses. Yeah, and, and the entire the pretty much the entire reason they brought in Taylor Hall was to play as a bit of a mentor mm-hmm. to Connor Bedard. Uh, but I think, yeah, the last update I saw in their lines, Connor Bedard was playing on a line with Nick Foligno and Tyler Johnson, former oh, Norfolk Admiral. So. Uh, boy, oh boy, this is a grim looking team. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> I was like, we're not really like this one. Okay, it's an injury, but we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Chicago because it's not like, this isn't like the last two where it's like, oh man, this could put this team in a situation where they're going to be clawing for their playoff positioning. This is like, okay, cool. They're going to be clawing for their draft positioning. <laughs> and really, honestly, yeah. Taylor <laughs> Hall being injured, I think more of trade deadline because I, I can imagine that he's probably not yes. going to be around. Yes, he's there to be with Bedard, but it, they would be dumb to hold on to a guy like that that teams are going to want to pick up for rental. Yeah, especially if you can get yeah. something for him in a season where you're probably just aiming to get Bedard someone else good to yeah. play with. Yeah. Uh, but let me double yeah, check where he is on what, here. Uh, he signed through next year okay. as well. But, so maybe maybe he won't get moved at the deadline, but Stranger Things. Well, what's happens. his cap hit? Three. Six million. Ooh, all right. That is a little, that is a yeah. little high. I mean, Chicago, I guess, could eat some of that if they wanted to at the deadline. They could. Because they could. Be, That's a good It point. would just be a one-year thing and the half-year thing. So it would be a few, you know, like 
what, like one something million they'd have to eat for half that contract at that point. And, you know, then 3 million the next year. That's not, that's not too bad. Um, so yeah, that's Chicago situation. Uh, and then the yeah. only other thing that I had was not injury related, but it was uh, Winnipeg Jets coach Rick Bonus taking a leave of absence from the club after his wife Judy suffered a seizure over the weekend on Sunday. That was announced on Monday. Uh, associate coach uh, Scott Arnold will serve as the Jets' interim coach until he returns. Uh, Judy's in the hospital undergoing further testing per the Winnipeg Jets. So that's a scary situation there. Yeah, and, and thankfully, it sounds like she's doing mm-hmm. okay. She's bouncing back for it from it, and it's I I love seeing an organization that'll take someone that important and say, "No, go take care of this." There's things that are more important than hockey for you right yeah. now. So I'm I'm happy to see that they dedicated their last win to him and uh, and her family, and especially knowing how contentious that relationship was at the end of last yeah. season between the coach and the team, seeing them rally around them is always nice yeah. to see. Uh, two other things on the injury okay. front. Uh, Patrick Line has been put on injured reserve retroactive to Friday. Uh, you may have intentionally not mentioned them because similar to what we just said with Chicago may not have that much of an impact uh, for a team that's not expected to be that good to begin with. Uh, but they they also had, you know, did a lot last year with Rorensky and just, man, they are having a hard time catching a break there. Uh, he's still considered day to day. I think he's just missed a number of games to where they might as well get some cap relief for it. So hopefully he's back soon. Uh, who isn't going to be back soon is David Savard, uh, defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, is out six to eight oh, weeks with a broken left oh, hand. Oh, that's I've, I've broken my wrist a few times, so I know the pain of that and Oof. the frustration of trying to regain strength back in those things uh, in that area. That's that's rough. That's tough. And oh, I guess we also didn't talk about it last week because uh, we dropped the episode, like we recorded and we mentioned it. Speaking of the Canadians, um. And then what the next day it was announced, uh, season's over for, um, uh, blanking here for a second. For Montreal? Yes. Uh, Kirby Doc. There we go. Chris Wyden. Yes. Kirby Doc. Yeah. Uh, done for the yeah, year. We- and we had mentioned it where it was like, we're not sure what it is. Uh, but right after we dropped the episode, I saw the he's out for the year so and that's uh, yeah yeah that's that's yeah especially for a team that i know montreal fans wanted to believe that there was a path uh to the playoffs somehow for whatever reason uh but this just is a huge i mean there goes one of your top six guys one of your top two which is to say nothing of Carey Price and Christian Dvorak, both on long-term injured yeah. reserve, too. Just Montreal's having a rough and They're game. having a rough go of it right now. So, uh, sorry, Canadians fans. It's, it's, it's Maybe you'll end up with, uh, you know, winning the draft lottery this year. You didn't get it last year. Couldn't get Connor Bedard, but you'll get, <laughs> get whoever eventually becomes the overall unanimous number one that four years from now we'll all be going, that guy was a bust. Not talking about Alexei Lafreniere or Capocacco or anything like that. But I'm not <laughs> going to say that. Hey, Lafreniere's got two goals in back-to-back games now, baby. He's got like three goals this year as well. And he got a power play goal last night. 
It's weird how changing up your coach can have a huge impact on. Uh, crazy it, enough, it did seems you see very the, similar um, to offensive uh, zone. Peter DeBoer for me, where uh, a lot of teams that get Peter Laviolette in there, uh, their first year just have a huge, huge bump to them, and it doesn't always necessarily carry over. But this is Laviolette's first year, so I wouldn't be worried about next year too much just yet. No, I'm not. No, it's it's all about. Well, the, the, I guess in the Rangers' eyes, the window is the next three years, um, and it makes sense because once Shesterkin gets over thirty, you kind of start getting to that oh god window. Uh, and let's face it, mm-hmm. Kreider and Zabinajet are old, and if and at that point, if Lafreniere and Kako don't turn into true top six players, yeah, that window closed. Uh, but really fast, did you see the? Um, I, I saw it floating around. Uh, the offensive zone percentages, teams, uh, and who was up there? Because the Rangers, the no. Rangers were like a top five team. And it just caused one of those where every, it was funny because Rangers Twitter was like, oh, Gerard Gallant is never working in the NHL again. Because of the drastic, like how the Rangers <laughs> went from like one of the bottom offensive teams to now they're like over 50% offensive zone. For, like, with pressure like they were a top five and it was like that's crazy. yeah it's like wow this like like you were saying what a difference a certain coach could make yeah and, and no Kane this year no Tarasenko oh like, yes I would I would say the the roster didn't make any drastic changes no. they just changed the coach there and, and, and they brought so, in over the hill it, Blake Wheeler who god <laughs> yeah if that guy still is playing on that team in two months, uh, I, I I honestly didn't want to believe it, but I agree with the one tweet I saw. Who would have thought the Rangers overpaid for Blake Weaver? <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Guys had an 800000 contract with a bunch of incentives. But you're not wrong. I'm ready for Othman. Like, yeah. I'm ready. Like, the Rangers are about to get back, like, Nick Benito. And I'm like, um... So are we going to scratch Blake Wheeler? <laughs> Is uh, Pitlick going to be playing over uh, Blake Wheeler soon? Because I'm okay with that. Um, sorry, Blake Wheeler. I know you're a fan of the show and Blake Wheeler fans. But uh, you actually threw out a name that uh, I, since I forgot to get a pen, I forgot that we wanted to talk about here amongst the injury things. A uh, player that's recovering from his uh, hip shave down surgery and hip replacement, essentially. Patrick Kane, you mentioned Patrick Kane's name. Yes. Uh, and Patrick Kane, getting to that point, uh, what, it was sometime in November he was expected to sign with the team, make a decision, and now a lot of rumors are starting to pop out there on who could get Patrick Kane. Yeah, there's uh, – so the two teams that had the his name mm-hmm. circling around at the start of the year was uh, – well, three teams actually is your New yep. York Rangers, my Detroit yep. Red Wings, uh, and the Buffalo oh, Sabres. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Buffalo Sabres just being it's his hometown team. Uh, they're not off to a great start either. Uh, I think that's a little bit more goaltending related though. They they took Devin Levi straight out of NCAA, threw him into straight it's into the NHL. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I saw that happen, much less work out. But hey, there's first time for everything. Uh, the other teams whose name has uh, circled up here lately, uh, the first one is the Florida Panthers, which 
if I'm Patrick Kane, I don't know how crazy I am about yeah. that idea, but uh, they've definitely had as much success they did last year. Uh, adding someone like Patrick Kane after jettisoning sending how much talent they did last year, uh, that would be a huge help for Florida. Uh, I don't know how serious Kane would be about it because the the only word is just like Florida's made it no, they're very interested. Yeah. And that's pretty much been okay. it. Uh, the, the other team who I think could be a much more likely landing place for Patrick Kane. And uh, they've already been off to a really good start. So they would definitely look attractive to him is the Dallas stars. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's not wild. Cause I'll be honest with you. Uh, that's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. Cause Dallas, uh, that's the team I picked to win the cup this year. Uh, I, I I like Dallas. I think that's a good fit in the sense of if he wants to go there chasing a cup. If he's looking to play top exactly. six minutes, that's not the place to go. If he's willing to play, you know, top nine, maybe, you know, power play point guy type deal, like that's not a bad place to go. It takes a lot of the pressure off of you as well. Like, because if you go to Buffalo, the pressure is immediately on you to be the old Patrick Kane. And I don't, I cannot for the life of me believe that we're going to see Chicago Patrick Kane in his prime because I saw a little bit of it last year. We all, I did. We all saw what happened last year when he was injured and the surgery he had doesn't exactly scream, hey, this is a player that's going to be back to being a superstar. Here comes Showtime being Showtime again. It's more of a, oh God, how is this going to react to a 34 turning 35 year old? who's got a lot of miles on him already in the NHL and a lot of hockey miles on him. How is this going to hold up? How is he going to be? So yeah, if it, that takes away the pressure, Buffalo is a lot of pressure, but I will be honest. I think that he's going to Detroit. Um, and the start that yeah, Detroit has had 100% would make what, it an appealing sell. Well, well, you have to keep in mind that Debrinket is shooting at like 39% or something. Yeah, but yet every time I bet like on that. him to be an anytime goal scorer, it's like the one, the, the one, Not yeah, I know, I know. The, the, every time I put him in as an anytime goal scorer, he doesn't score a goal. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, I, I've asked you to stop I doing know, that. I know, I know. I have, I did, um, and he scored a hat trick. I was like, what the f- <laughs> like, uh, I intentionally didn't make him any time goal scorer because of that. I was like, I didn't score the last time. Boom, and then it's like three goals. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would I would think that someone like Patrick Kane can look at it through an eye as critically as we can to say, yeah, Detroit's off to a really hot start. Definitely not sustainable. Probably won't end up lasting, but I'm going to enjoy it every But I feel I can help them get um, over that, keep that momentum going. Because that's what I think. I think no. he thinks I if I'm if I'm putting myself in Patrick Kane's head right now, I think he truly wants to be on a contender that he thinks he can be the game changer for. And Detroit would be one of those teams of, oh man, I round out their top six. I can be that guy playing yeah, opposite the, the brink. I can play with the, you know, and I can be that guy. Yeah, but the 
But the issue there is that Debrinkit's already having a bunch of success being paired up with Dylan Larkin. And last time I checked, they're still only playing the game with one pot. <laughs> so you can't throw Patrick Kane on a line with Larkin and Debrinkit as much as it would make Larkin absolutely thrilled and expect there to be a whole bunch of offense or extra offense generated there that they've already had with David Perron or Lucas Raymond. Is that you, you? If you go out and get Patrick Kane as the Red Wings, you're putting him in middle six if you're being generous, mm-hmm. frankly. And, and so it's like, honestly, if if playing in the top six is super important to him, he should go back to Chicago. That's true. That's true. Hey, they they need a winger now. Yeah. Taylor Hall is injured. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but but the the one other team that I've seen come up here and there is Colorado. I think that could be helpful for them while Landis cogs out, but I don't know what you do once he comes back. Yeah. So I no, I I wouldn't put money on him ending up. I mean, Colorado. the Colorado one is kind of similar to like the Dallas one of I'm willing to take play twelve to fifteen minutes a night, not be the guy and just try and get my name back on another cup. Like I just want to try and I'm going to a team that I know is gonna be a playoff is gonna be a playoff contender. And I'm really just kind of waiting to get to uh, April and then really kind of try exactly. to turn it on. Uh, and I will say, uh, as far as the top three teams go as well, I don't think the Rangers are... I can tell you this as well, even as a Rangers fan, while always the name sounds great, because you're like, oh man, Patrick Kane might be on my team. I can tell you, and it's not even based off of last year. It's just based off of the way that the Rangers are built, kind of like you were saying with Detroit. Where does he go? Because, like, at this point, you you have Lafreniere playing top six minutes, and he seems to be doing pretty decent out there with Panarin and Yeadles getting two center minutes, and your third line is where Blake Wheeler is. So if you sign Patrick Kane, what does that mean for Blake Wheeler? Because Kane's going to then be your third line right winger. So then Wheeler becomes your fourth liner. No, that's not going to be the case. And yeah. the Rangers also I, have I, Brendan Offman hanging out in the AHL. And a lot of the feeling out of the Rangers camp was Offman could have made the team out of training camp. But the plan was always we want to get him some time in the AHL first. And then we'll reevaluate. Don't need no rider him. <laughs> And then they'll be a reevaluate. So if you are going to go that route and reevaluate, why do you want to log jam that position again with a guy that of uh, Patrick Kane? Like there's just, to me, there's no, like it's a stay away thing. That's not what you need. That's yeah. not the player you need on your team. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if he just sits back and waits to see if a team has a significant injury to their top mm-hmm. six and feels, feels like he can fill in there. I it's, It'd be crazy to see him in Edmonton, but I could see it though. But uh, like, I could see a situation like yeah. that where he picks a true Cup favorite. Hell, I, well, maybe not the Devils, but I, I was like, I could see him taking a low-term contract to play for a team like that. But the Devils are, where would he play on the yeah. Devils as well? He's he's going, you know, fourth exactly. line, or you're bumping somebody that deserves the time down, which is just going to be stupid. Exactly. So uh, it's it's something to watch. I mean, we're getting close. Like, we're, it's crazy to say we got an eye. We're getting close to Patrick Kane's decision. He's uh, on the road to recovery <laughs> and all eyes on Showtime because I, until I see him play a game, I'm just kind of like, this is now a mid tier guy. He's a mid tier winger now. He's not 
and and that probably should be how it gets treated but it's fun it is it is it is uh moving on the nhl uh we we talked about it in the beginning how um Sometimes the NHL likes to step on the rake and hit themselves in the face like their sideshow Bob. Just... I tried to segue to this way too early. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I got you with the sideshow Bob. It's like their sideshow Bob. Every turn they take, they just step yeah. on a rake sometimes. And it's like, uh, well, they finally uh, reversed the decision on the uh, pride tape. Uh, <laughs> man, did this get interesting. I sent you the thing because... Um, yep. Hello, who is it? Arizona Coyotes defenseman Travis Dermott. Travis Dermott. Oh, yeah, Dermott. uh, Became the first player to openly defy the ban. He wrapped the top of his stick with rainbow-colored tape during the club's 2-1 victory over Anaheim at Mullet Arena. Uh, After the game, when asked if uh, he would face a fine or discipline for his actions, the NHL told The Athletic in a statement, we will review it in due course. Uh, he pretty much said, come at me. I don't care. I'm going to do this. Screw you. The decision was dumb. Uh, fuck the NHL. And, and, fucking and Gary knew- Bettman. No, he didn't say that. But he essentially stuck a finger up to Bettman in the league in their decision. And, and you knew from the very beginning, A, as I talked about, you have to collectively bargain mm-hmm. these things. It, they're... The reason the maximum fine for NHL players is $5,000 is because that's what's in the CBA. So you can't just make a sweeping change for a unionized workforce without getting some buy-in and agreement to it. Uh, Now, if a team came along and said no one's allowed to do it, that's a different story. Uh, But yeah, I'm very happy that we got to see someone just call their bluff on. That's, and that was something that you and I, we didn't talk about it on this show, but that was something you and I had discussed just through text, through messaging and all of that, where you're like, somebody's going to defy this, right? And who, like, we, who's going to be that player? Who's gonna, who do we have the money on? Uh, since I'm a degenerate gambler these days on sports, really bad. <laughs> uh, who do we have the money on to be the first one to do it? And I don't think anybody had it coming out of Arizona. But it happened, and you're right. He called the NHL's bluff, and in the process, that caused the NHL to then say, hey, we reversed the decision on the pride tape. Players can use the tape for social causes after they talked with the Players Association and the Player Inclusion Coalition. So, uh, cool. I'm Listen, that's a jersey we should all buy. That's a guy that, yeah. you know, if you support that cause, that's a guy that went out of his way and said – I dare you to find me. I dare you to punish me over this because, like you said, if he got punished, the Players Association would have been all over that. And, and those Kachina jerseys look so nice. Do. You don't have to twist they my do. arm to get me to buy yeah. one of those. Uh, did you see what Brian Burke said? No, I'm it? sure he had a great... Uh, I, I, I've told people before, you know, especially if I have, like, a customer that's upset at me. I'm like, look, man, I used to get screamed at by Marines. Like... You're really not going to move the needle needle for me. I'm a little afraid of Brian Burke. Uh, he he straight up said, "Anyone gets fined for it, I'll pay." Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so it, it, always a guy to walk uh, to walk the walk and put his money where his mouth is. Uh, but they they talk a little bit about what the path going forward is going mm-hmm. to be. 
Uh, and so, you know, now naturally the NHL is like, yeah, we encourage players to wrap sticks to, or, uh, use, yeah. you know, express themselves in causes they support with pride tape, which means, which means this has to cut both ways. If there's a player that doesn't like the Russian flag or something, we don't have to like it, but we have to say, well, you know, this is a consequence of that. Mm-hmm. What I think the path forward would be, and stop me if I told you this last week, is just having, uh, you know, one home game each year the team dedicates to uh, player social causes. But- and then, you know, if a player, you know, wraps his stick in pride tape or camo tape or has, uh, you know, hockey fights, cancer, skates that yeah. game, like the the rules are a little more relaxed there. Kind of like what the NFL does where they have a game or two each year that you can have whatever you want on your Jersey. Yeah. I was trying to remember uh, if the NFL did that or if it was the NBA. I know major league baseball did it with the, uh, the players weekend or whatever, where it's like they can put whatever their nickname is can go on the Jersey. And then you find out that baseball players are just not creative. (laughs) It has some of the dumbest nicknames. That would not work in hockey for the same reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, Personality. Uh, what's that? But, yeah, but but then but then if you if you create an environment like that where players are encouraged to do something like that, maybe you know you're going to make sure the six go up for auction afterwards, mm-hmm. and then players get a little bit of a platform too. It's like, oh, why did you decide to go with you know? this military charity that you want to show support for, or you know whatever it ends up yeah. being. That could be a better way to go about doing this. And then when a player does show support for something, it's not the same compulsory thing that you see with pride nights, uh, first responders Mm -hmm. nights, hockey fights, cancer, you know, things like that. So maybe, maybe there's a way for everyone to win in this. I like that idea. That's a good idea. It's almost like, you know, Gary Bettman should listen. (laughs) Well, well, if, if you like that, you're, you're going to like, my idea for this. Okay, class. yeah, explain this to me. Uh because okay. I haven't I did not see this. The uh I did not see this on the athletic, which is where I get my news. So <laughs> yeah, so for the last couple of weeks a lot of uh meet and hockey media personalities have talked about the idea of decentralizing the draft. And uh Usually when a lot of insiders all happen to be doing this at the same time, uh, it means that the NHL is kind of trying to take the temperature for it, see what fan reaction is like, get a little bit of a feel for it. So in, uh, instead of you know ho- having a host city that does it, uh, the big complaint is that it happens so close to the start of free agency, it's really hard mm-hmm. to get everything turned around in time. Uh, so their idea is to just get rid of the draft event and instead, you know, everyone's going to, you know, be able to have draft parties in their home cities uh, where they can make money. And then uh, just, you know, maybe they'll have all the rookies at a central location as they get drafted. I don't know about that part as much, uh, but that's what they're talking about doing with the draft, it, which even though they sell tickets for it, frankly, isn't a big marquee event. You'd have to be a real hockey sicko like yours truly to be interested in going yeah. to something like that. Or me constantly then, sending you know, emails. Can I please cover this? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and even then, you know, like it, there for every Connor Bedard draft, there's a nail Yakupov draft, you know? Uh, so, 
so, so, so some of what they've talked about for it is, you know, teams' big complaints are about, you know, having to fly everybody yeah. in uh, to do it, and which is what 40 grand for a team that's pulling in millions of the Maple Leafs are a billion dollar yeah. franchise that that's really going to set them back the draft. I don't think so. Uh, so it, and for all this stuff, you want to bring all your scouts together anyway. So whether you're bringing them together in your city or a destination city, like who cares? It's stupid. Uh, what I would like to do. So I want to ask you about, cons nick because you're a person i believe you've attended a comic i've attended a few, yeah you you you've attended awesome con yep. as well which may not be as well known as the comic con but it says to me that when you put together big conventions like this you get uh a lot of interest even if it's a smaller regional thing like there's a tidewater comic con that gets people to go to it we need hockey con just a, a convention that's celebrated that just celebrates around the sport big makes it a big fan event and the draft can be part of that i this this would turn it into an actual money-making enterprise and rather than because i don't think you would have any problem finding a hundred thousand hockey sickos like no. us especially if they're flying in from canada that would have interest in going to a thing where you know, Yarmir Yager's on hand signing autographs, and uh, there's going to be Eric Lindros. Is doing <laughs> and oh, Bert, those Winnipeg and fans! Caron is <laughs> Quebec. Oh uh, yeah, whatever. And so, <laughs> sorry, they don't have a team anymore. I keep forgetting. Um, uh, yeah, but but you but you get what I'm saying. You like, got you food throughout all of Canada like, anyway. Big... Fuck it, Montreal fans, Toronto fans. All <laughs> oh wait, not Toronto fans. He played there for a year, so now he's good. Yeah. But 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 basically like the fan fest at the all-star game, but an event in the summer for hockey sales. I, I like that. I think I think this could be so cool. I, I like that. Is that if you if you feel like the, the draft isn't, you know, being a big enough draw, then let's expand it and add a whole bunch of other shit to it. That's that's a really cool idea. Uh because you're right. Like if it's like, hey, this is uh there's there's a three day thing going on night one there's like you know you can be at this panel with like kevin weeks and butchagrass and they're going to be discussing like yeah. you know this and that and you have like panels to go to but then these guys also do the meet and greet photos like that but then you have the vendor section of the people that you know create yes. hockey stuff as well how many how many what i think every fan base has at least one of those well maybe not everyone but a good portion of them have those, like, we started as a grassroots, like, kind of making our own version of not licensed, but now we kind of have the approval of the license, so we can kind of use the team image. And then some, you know, like, every fan base has that version of things. I know the Rangers have one. I think the Red Wings have one. I know the Islanders have yeah. one. Uh, Dude, Minnesota. There you go. One. Because I, I went to their state hockey championships one year. Uh, mostly because I wanted to try to sell things to hockey vendors because I'm so sleazy that way. But I, my mind was absolutely blown that they had like an entire convention hall at the mm -hmm. arena filled with people selling sticks, selling shirts, selling hockey equipment, yep. selling workout gear, selling signs you put up in your basement. Just like it was 
you can totally do something like this on a bigger national level that way. Yeah. And and it's not that hard to picture that a lot of people would just make this a yearly event in whatever city you decide you're hosting. Yeah, because because you're right. Like if you're pulling in in Yager, like imagine a mat. I can I can picture this event. Maybe not the first year, but I can picture this event like being one of those where it's like come to a panel where you're gonna have Yager, Mario, and Gretzky all on stage together talking. Oh, dude, I want to be at that panel of what was it like, you know, in the early 90s? You know, what was the rivalry like between Gretzky and Lemieux? What was this, you know, like just hearing those stories of that. But granted, again, the issue is, uh, I said it before, personality. (laughs) These are very, uh, you know, a a few of them are colorful individuals that showcase their personality. But for the most part, you know, it'd be one of those like, Oh, you know, like it's it's really nice that us Canadians get to play this sport every day, and I'm just really grateful that I uh, got to win a Stanley Cup and be a part of that team. You know, thanks. And it's like, oh yeah, what? And, and, like I want juice, baby. I want you to be like when I went and I saw the Sabrina cast get back together at Awesome Con, and it's like, oh, Melissa showed hard today. Exactly. Exactly. And, just, and, and, and if those smaller of them just want to flourish because they're entertainers. <laughs> yeah. And, and if the smaller regional comic cons can still draw Hollywood talent to them, I don't think you would have any idea, any issues having a singular summer event that can bring in. I want to be at Sean Avery's podcast recording live. Yes. Okay? Yes. Uh, also with that. Oh, you'd have an you'd have an entire room set up for live yeah. podcasts. Spit and chicklets, punk soup. Are you they kidding do that me? at Comic Cons like, all the time because I'm always pissed at the Haunters podcast show I'm part of. I'm always like, we go to these cons, we do these things, like we do the horror cons. We should be doing one of the hosting of these because my God, the horror con that I was at this lab this past one, dude. I'm going to ask you a trivia question that I ranted about because I know okay. you're going to know the answer to this. Well, also, also okay. it's going to hurt your brain because of the way it's worded. The question was... No pressure. The question was, in Halloween, who was Michael Myers' mm-hmm. sister? And it was multiple choice. And the multiple choice guesses were Judith. Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, okay. <laughs> no, the... Wait. She's Halloween. She's right? Halloween. Scream. She's Halloween. So, but the yeah. but the but the multiple choice answers of who was Michael Myers' sister are Judith, Lori, and then it was like, you know, just two other names. But the Judith and Lori one matter because you're right. Jamie Lee Curtis is the sister. Lori is, but Judith Myers is who he killed as well. You gave me both sisters' names in the question, or as the answer to your question of who was the sister. And to be fair. Lori's been retconned out as the sister because of you. And if we had hockey con, none of this, none would of this would be happening because you and I would know, because we would know the answers and we would not word a question and give you multiple choice. That could be two answers. Uh, it wouldn't be like, you know, who was on the uh, Edmonton Oilers first championship team. And that'd be like Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, Mike Richter, Brian Leach, like, what? Like, yeah. Or sorry, to use two ragers, Gretzky, Messier, <laughs> Iserman, and Richter. What? Like, one of these guys yeah. wasn't even the like the NHL yet. Like, what? What's going on here? Why are you giving me two guys on that team? Like, no, don't do that. 
but either way, I like that idea. And also your ticket in, like to, to keep it this, to just to kind of piggyback on it as well. Like you could, but like you do the draft on Saturday. So you do like the Friday, the, the first night, Saturday's the draft day as well, but you do the draft on the main stage there. And it is an open to the public thing. Like if you bought your ticket in, you can come to the main stage if you want to come to that. Cause that's how mm-hmm. it works with those things. Mm-hmm. And, and the bigger the draw, like then you can sell, you can do that like $5 extra or whatever like that. I had to do that for back to the future uh, to make sure that because they knew it was going to pack out that they, they were able to do that. $5 guarantees you your spot. Now you got to get in your queue. And I did, and I did it and it was totally worth it um, to see Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd on stage together talking about back to the future and, interesting panel as well because typically those things are like you can get up and ask your questions this was one of those like you had to pay to get in a little five dollar extra fee to get make sure you got your spot and if you wanted to ask a question you had to send it in for it to possibly be read and i was like i'm good i'm just gonna go there and watch questions yeah questions like that you gotta screen yeah because you don't want anybody going up there asking the stupid like what was it like to be on set yeah. It's good. <laughs> like, uh, you want them to But yeah, I we you could really yeah. take this idea. And you could. You could. And, and and part of and part of what screwed things up for the draft this year, uh I think a lot of people just have bad taste in their mouth because apparently there was a lot of travel nightmare issues related to bad weather on the East Coast. Nashville as well. And yeah, well, and it was also on a Wednesday and Thursday because they couldn't get enough hotel rooms because it was the height of bachelorette season. Yeah, it's Nashville. So, it's always bachelorette season. Exactly. <laughs> so so that's why I say let's just pack this thing out, make it a big marquee event that places are really going to want to end up seeing, and it will give hockey fans an excuse to travel together, do something in the summer, and the NHL will make money hand over yeah. I like that. And it's much better than what my idea was, which was just, we should just have the GMs all go sit in a hotel room somewhere and just do the draft. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, let's just Uh, revert it back to the way it used to be. Send the GMs into a room and stay at the Ritz. Order your, you know, just make picks. And then pick some random guy in the the ninth round. Just make up names. (laughs) Hey, exactly. actually, yeah, and, the, and let's really go back. The draft continues as long as people are still picking. So it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. One team could keep picking and do it for like 15 rounds, baby. Yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick really got into the down goes brown ball this week. Uh, <laughs> I really, you sparked my, you jolted my memory. I was like, oh yeah, I remember I read that book a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, that was a co- that was so, a pre-COVID so, read. <laughs> yeah. So you so so naturally you want to talk about how Gordy Howe was supposed to be a ranger then, right? Oh no, I'd rather talk about Joe Sackick and how he almost became a ranger, <laughs> but Harrison Ford in the damn movie Air Force One went on to be a blockbuster success, which prevented Sackick from signing with the Rangers because all of a sudden the Avalanche had a little bit of money they could spend on Sackick. People don't. I, they don't. Well, also, I will never forget that because Joe Sackick was one of my favorite fucking players. I love. If him. he didn't play for the Abs, he would have been one of mine. He was. Amazing. He was. Oh, dude, growing up playing hockey, um, model defense after Brian Leach, 
uh, trying to be that two-way defenseman, modeled the goaltending. Uh, I'll always, people might think it's it was Richter, but I modeled my goaltending after Ron Hextall. I loved Ron Hextall, dude. I thought Ron Hextall was the shit. I hated that he played for the Flyers, but I loved Ron Hextall. Uh, and offense-wise, I, when I played center, it was all about Joe Sackett. Loved Sackett. Like, so there you go. There's my little breakdown from center yeah. defense to goalie. That was my breakdown. Only <laughs> one Ranger was who I modeled after. And how could it not be Brian Leach? He was one of the best defensemen. Well, I feel like mentally that's how a lot of people break down too, is for being centers to defensemen. Yeah. 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 So that's how I always, that's how, you know, <laughs> Hey, listen, I got to play a bunch of different positions. And then everybody was just like, the older you get, more people don't want to play defense. So you just end up getting stuck on defense because it's like, oh, well, you actually know how to do that. And you know how you know how to read a play and jump in and not get caught. I always thought defense was a good position for beginners because it gives you a chance to kind of see how forward plays unfold. And like, really, is if you just get in somebody's way at a low enough level, you're doing yeah, your job. That's pretty much. And I, and I don't mind blocking pucks. It's kind of fun to. <laughs> there's, that's the goalie in me. It's like, hey, I get to still like block shot. I be, I become like Goldberg out there, yeah. where it's like in D three, where it's like I'm not the goalie anymore, but I'm gonna still block shots. I get, to, yeah. I just get less padding now, and it hurts a lot more. But there's something about having this giant bruise right there on, on your bicep that's awesome. And oh, you get one of those, you're never shutting. Yeah, you're just like, look at this, fantastic. look at this, look at look at what look at what look at look at look at I blocked a frozen puck, frozen rubber. Frozen rubber took it off the bicep. It's big, giant black and blue. Don't touch it. It hurts. Uh, all right. <laughs> Getting a little out there. But uh, do you have anything else this week? Because uh, I, I ran through all of my notes. No, that's it okay, for me. Cool. Look at that. Look at yeah. us. Look at us. Look at that. Who would have thought we'd get here? All right. Uh, before we go, uh, hit them with whatever plugs you got, John. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JT Evans, the number zero. Uh, and I keep threatening to make a Substack. I'm going to do it one day. I I used an AI generator to make all so previous U.S. presidents as uh, punk rock guys, and I got to have somewhere to post <laughs> that. So I'll come up with something. I'll okay. Let you know. Okay. Uh. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. All right. <laughs> keep it ear, keep it ear out for that. Uh, I'm wonderful underscore radio on Twitter. Also, Nick Wonderful on Threads, and yeah, follow Throw Me Podcast Network as well. That's where you could also uh, find this show uh, released weekly. So, until next week, bye everybody. Thanks for listening.